Good morning, today's daf is daf Lamed Aleph. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas, David ben Yaakov, Marachai ben Yaakov, and Le'i ben Yisrael Yitzchak Halevi. May the Neshomas have an aliyah, may the memory be a blessing. It's also for the first name of Yitzchak Yehuda ben Miriam, Chaya Chaika bas Baba Michla, and Elisheva bas Liba. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, okay, so we're, uh, we're at the top of daf Lamed Aleph, Amud Aleph, 31a. Just to um, just to uh, get back into the sugya. So remember, the Mishnah was discussing a case where if a woman, and remember, we know that a tzaras erba is also potter. So if at the time when the husband dies, one of the wives is an erva to the living brother, all the wives, obviously she doesn't fall in yubum, but even her co-wives don't fall in yubum. That's the other case of tzaras erba the co-wife of an erva. Comes along, um, the Gemara says, what happens if we're in doubt whether the erva is actually married? And we said it from two aspects. One is, if it's a sope kiddushin. Whatever, I mean, the Gemara discusses a case where the, the Mishnah brings an example of where they're standing eight hours apart in a shusharabim, and she, he threw the kiddushin to her, and they're not sure if it landed closer to her, closer to him, I in her Rishus in her Dalit Amos, or in his Dalit Amos, then it's a Sophic whether they're actually married. So, and then let's say the husband dies without children. So now he's got this, he, she, he might be married to the Erva. Or, and what about the other? And the Kowaf might be the Kowaf. And we said the same thing with Gerushin. Um... What do we say about Gerushin? Again, a Sophic Gerushin, where he was married to an Erva, and then he did a, he divorced her, but we're not sure whether it was a valid divorce. And then again, you have the same problem. So when the, he dies without children, is this woman at Soros Erva or not? So the Gomorrah, so, so the mission actually says, Chaltzos below Misyavmos, that you do Chalitza not Yibum. But the discussion, the part of the discussion that we're going into, that we're focusing on at the moment, is why by getting the, the easiest example, and it changes, it gives, by, by Kiddushin, it gives, what's the do, example of a, ga, of a doubt? When he throws it to half, he throws it and we're not sure whether it's closer to her or closer to him. So why by getting do we not bring that example? What's, what's the problem? So Rabbi came along and he said the reason is because the woman has a, with Gerushin, she has a chazoka that she is married. The status quo is that she's married, and the get is coming to change that. Now, if the status quo remained in place, this is important to get the concept of chazoka, at least the outline of the concept of chazoka clear. Chazoka means you go after the status quo, as opposed to this thing that might have changed it. She was married, the Eva was married to him, it's a Sophic Gerushin. So the status quo is that she's married. And now if you're going to come along and... Um, and yeah, so, sorry, so she, so she is married. We have a Sophic get. So this co-wife was allowed to marry anyone. When the husband died, based on the Chazoka, based on the status quo, or the previously confirmed status, she could have married anyone. Because she's a Taurus Erva, she doesn't fall in Yubum. But now there's this doubtful get. So Rabbi says, well, we're not going to say, out of doubt, we should oyster her. Okay, she's permitted to marry anyone, and therefore the chazoka, um, 
the Chaz- and that's what the Chazaka tells us, she can marry anyone, so out of doubt, we're not going to come and change it. Comes along with more and says, but wait, that's a Chumra de Aisili de Kula. We'll discuss this concept soon, but it's quite an interesting one and actually has a lot to do with Pesach. But it's a lenience, it's a stringency. Oh, he says, and then he says, oh, so why does it say do Chalitza? To go strict. Okay. Really, based on Chazaka, she should go free. Because her Chazaka is that she's married, and the get, which is a doubt, would release her from that. Oh, sorry, the get would release the erva, and then she and then she would fall, the tzara would fall in Yibum, but the get's a suffix. We go after Chazaka. It says, oh, why does the mission say she does Chalitza? To go strict. Since it actually might be a get, or since it's, um, we're going to say, go strict and do chalitza anyway. You can't just say do chalitza anyway because you're going to lead, and that's going to lead you to a, it's a chumrah which will lead you to a kula. What's the kula? If you tell this woman you have to do chalitza, what's that implying? That the woman she's divorcing, that, that, that the sofa get was a good get and she's not a tzorosh erva. And the tzorosh erva, that the actual erva um, sorry, what's the what's the stringency? Oh, if you tell her she has to do chalitza, she might do yibum, because generally they come as a pair. So if you tell this woman again, based on the laws of yibum and chazaka, she's free. But you're going to come along and say go strict and say because of the sofek get make her do chalitza anyway. Well, now she might come along and do Yibum. And that's against the Chazaka, which means it would be Yibum with, a, with his brother's wife that he's not supposed to do Yibum to, which is the Isukares. So it's a leniency, uh, sorry, it's a stringency to say, give Chalitza, that might lean, that will lead you to a leniency. So that's where the Gomorrah um, slots in. So let's go in there to the second line. That's, yeah, that's basically where we up to... And then we said, oh, but then it's the same problem with Kiddushin, etc. So now the Gemara's second line of Lamed Aleph, Amud Aleph 31a, says, then by Gerushin we should each, we can also teach um, that it's half-half, and then require Chalitza, but everyone will know that it's a Chumra Ba'alma, because you're making, because you're obligating her to do chalitza. So he says, no. Again, the danger is, if you tell her she has to do chalitza, then she might come to do yibum. So it's, but then in the case, um, in, in, in our case, you also have that problem of a get. Um, so he said, um, sorry, this is, this is all about Kiddushin. It says, why should there be a difference between Chalitza and Kiddushin? Sorry, I missed, I missed out a stage in it. But he says, oh, if uh, um, by Kiddushin we say, why can you teach the Sofak of 55th? We're not sure where it landed. By get, we're not happy. But by Kiddushin, we're fine. To, uh, to go, uh, so he says, by Kiddushin, so I think I'm, yeah, I messed up in one of my points of explanation. Yeah. Sorry, it was all by Kiddushin that we said this Chumra da Isilidei Kula. Sorry. Um, we said, by Gittin, we, we, go, we go to Chumra and tell her 
Um, um, by getting, we don't teach the case of 50-50, because there we would allow her to do, we would tell her, do yibum, do yibum. Or we'd allow her. Why do we not tell her to do chalitza in that case? Like our Mishnah would say. That's what's not the case of our Mishnah, because our Mishnah would say, do chalitza. Why would we not tell her to do, sorry. Why would we tell her to not do chalitza in that case? Because if you tell her she can do chalitza, she might come and do yibum, which is against the, the, which is against the, the chazoka. So, but we ask, what about kiddushin? Why are we happy to teach the kiddushin in that case? Um, the, of the 50-50. And there's no danger of going, of saying do chalitza. The Gemara says it's a chumra da You want to tell me she has to do um, chalitza? In other words, you saying that it was a good, um, it was not a good marriage. Sorry, bakidushin. Sorry, bakidushin. If you say she has to do chalitza, then you're saying that she was 100% married to the first husband, and that's why she fell in yibum. And you're going to then, if she did subsequently, she thought she wasn't really married because it was a doubt. So she subsequently goes and marries someone else. You're going to ignore the second marriage and not require a get, etc. But it was a Sophie Kiddushin. So this Khumra of saying that she has to do Khalitza will make her think that she was married. Or that the Erva was, the, the, the erva was not married and the Erva might marry someone else. And then you run into trouble because it was really only a soft condition. So if you allow, the, if you tell this woman she, that they have to do, she has to do chalitza, you're saying that the erva wasn't married, and now the erva is going to go marry someone else, and you're going to ignore. Wait, I don't, I'm just I keep on getting it the wrong way around. Um, yeah. So once you forbid the erva from doing. Um, yibum. If you tell the Torah that she cannot do Yibum, then you're going to come along and say that um, if, you, if you tell the Torah that she yeah, if you tell the Torah that she's not allowed to do Yibum, you're saying that the other Erva was married. And now you're going to, if someone subsequently wants to try and marry her, you, you, or if someone did do another marriage to her, you would ignore it because you would say, well, she, the erva was married already. And that's the problem. That's the form of the Isilidei Kula. And therefore, um, that's the concept. It says, no, you require Chalitza. It says, oh, if the Gairushin is the same thing, just require Chalitza and you save the problem. You just require Chalitza and the Chalitza shows. You say, no, no, Ima to'oime Chaletes, Misya Vemes. Hachanami, Ima to'oime Chaletes, Misya Vemes. It says, no, well, we have the same danger here. If you tell her to do chalitza, you're going to make her do yibum. Which again, by kiddushin, that's not such a problem because the chazok is telling us she's not married. Because kiddushin is her status quo is single 
and the Sofek would come and tell her she has to get married. Um, so, so what's the problem? Let her do Muchalitza. Um, sorry, let her do Yibum, and you're relying on the Chazaka, so it's not such a problem. So, Aisivaya by a by challenges. No, for a by is Oliver Alpas Ochiv, the Enyo de Aizimahem Mace Rishon. If the house fell on a brother and his brother's daughter, so, sorry, the man, the man and his wife, who is his brother's daughter, and you don't know which one died first, and they were in a tragedy, and you're not sure which one died first. So, Tsaros or Chaletzes, Belomitia Bemis. We say that the Tsara has to do Chalitza and not Yibun. Amai. She was, had a chazaka of being permitted to marry into the marketplace. And Misofek, you come into Oyser and you should not Oyser from Sofek. Again, the case is, a man is married to two, two wives. One of them is his brother's daughter. And then he and that brother's daughter, I and his one wife, are in a tragedy and we don't know which one died first. The building collapsed for them. We don't know which one died first. Now, just play it in your mind. If the man died first, well, then the tsara is a tsara's erba because he died and both the daughter and the tsara fell to, the, uh, the, to her father in Yibum. But if she died first and then the husband, well, then the tsara, it's just the tsara falling to Yibum, so she should do so. It's a sophic. And what does the Mishnah say there? You have to do, she has to do Chalitza and not Yibum because you don't know which one it is. So we see that. Um, should we not say that we can't oiser her misofek? It says, maybe you'll say so today. We go strict. Really, Doraisa, she, she had the Chazaka of being. Um, she, she had a Chazaka of being married with an erva and now that we're not sure whether the husband or the erva died first we're going to leave her as she is Um, but what would that tell us that that she's free to marry anyone at the time of her husband's death because she was married to an erva and therefore if we allow the husband to um, if we tell her she has to do chalitza she might do yibo so isn't that a that she might come to the Yibum, which again is against the Chazaka, so it's against what Storais says, no Gerush and Ishkechu, Dashkichi, Gozrubu Rabbonin, Ma Poilest, Lo Ishkechi, Lo Gozrubu Rabbonin, no. Gerush in getting divorced, which is a more common case, so you're more likely to end up in a scenario of a Sophic, we're going to tell the woman, just go free. And we don't want to tell her, do chalitza, because if she does chalitza, she might say, oh, I can do yibum. And it's the isukara, it's against the chazaka, against the status quo. Um, so therefore, but, sorry, but by my polis, by this tragedy where it fell down, it's not a common, what's the, how often does it happen that a man and his daughter are in a tragedy together, that they, that, uh, sorry, a man and his wife, I guess we can say, and also his brother's daughter, or in this tragedy that you're not sure who died first. So therefore, there's no reason to come along and say, tell them not to do chalitza, because if you allow them to do chalitza, they might come to do yibum, uh, co-op might come to do yibum. Don't worry about it. Just let it follow the chazaka. It says, Alternatively, 
You have the erva standing. In the case in our Mishnah, you have this woman, we're not sure whether the erva got divorced, and her co-wife, and, and she's standing there. And then Beisdin say that, they, that the erva has to do chalitza. What will everyone say? People say, oh, they must have checked it out and analyzed the scenario, investigated and came out that it's a good get. And that's why they required Khalid and therefore she's more likely to come to Yibum. But by the Mapolis, there's no way for the Rabbonim to verify it. And everyone knows that and therefore they don't assume that... Uh, um, Therefore, they won't assume the reason is because she, that you can do Yibam, everyone will be aware of the suffix. In other words, what we're saying here is that um, if you allow, um, by the case of where both women are alive and it's a suffix, whether the erva is divorced or not, and then the, the Rabbana come along and say that the, the co-op has to do Chalitza, what's everyone going to say? Ah, oh, the rabbis must have looked into it, asked the right questions, based into their research, and passed that it's a kosher get. And that's why she's required to do chalitza. And then, well, if that's the reason she's obligated to do chalitza, because the erva was not married, she had got divorced, well, then we're not going to allow her to do amyibum. Okay, so just where we're holding at the moment, is we have suggested that why did the Mishnah not teach the case by Gerushin, of where he threw the get and it landed, and we're not sure whether it landed in her four Amos or his four Amos. Why did the Mishnah not teach that case by Gerushin? This will be the summary to make up for all the um, confusion at the beginning. I'm sorry about that. Um, so, so why by Gitin did it not teach that case, the case? Because then it couldn't say, do Chalitza. Because if you say, do Chalitza, you might come to do Yibum. And in that case, it's against the Chazaka. So Yibum, so it, it, it would be a stringency to say, do Chalitza. But if you say, do Chalitza, it might lead to Yibum, because that's normally, if a woman has to do Chalitza, or a man has to do Chalitza, he has the choice of Chalitza or Yibum. So in this case, you tell him he must do Yibum, must do Chalitza, he's going to come and do, they might come and do Yibum, which would be an Isukares, because it's against the Chazaka. Again, the status quo is, she's, is the Ever is married. And now the Sofet Get is coming to divorce her. That can't be. Um, we can't say in that case, make the Tzora do Chalitza, because then the Tzora might come to do Yibum, which is against the Chazaka. Okay? Chazaka is got the status quo. Um, so that's where we're holding at the moment, and that's why. So again, the, the, the examples in the Mishnah of Gitin are actually Gitin that are Midrabon and Possible, but don't rise a valid. They're not what we would call a Sofek, a doubt, a 50-50% chance what happened, you're not sure what happened, and therefore we're relying on Chazaka, because if in a case where we would be relying on Chazaka, we would assume that the Erva was married, and if the Erva was married, you'd have to free the, the sorrow without anything, and if now that you have to free without anything, you come and make a do Chalitza, well then you're going to say, oh wait, so it must be that the Erva was not married, and this sorrow could actually do Yibum, which is what we're concerned about, because again, if she does Yibum against the Chazaka, it is a, it's Acho, um, her brother's wife. Okay, so sorry sorry about the start of the Shir, I just got mixed up because it switches between um, Kiddushin and Gitin and, uh, 
and where the Khumra da Aisilia is. What's the leniency that comes to astringency? Just to bring out a slightly um, uh, interesting, uh, very uh, relevant thing of this concept of Khumra da Aisilia If you go strict in one aloha, you come to a leniency in another area. And that's what happened here. You tell them, let's go strict. Why don't we go strict and tell? I mean, there again, it was, uh, it, it also it had to do with Kiddushin. But it would be the same thing in Al-Sanar. We're saying, we don't want to say, go strict and make the Tzorah do Chalitza. Because that stringency will lead to a leniency that you'll say, then she might do Yibum. Or the case of the Gomorrah was by Kiddushin. If you say, go strict by Kiddushin and treat it, um, if, you go, um, if you go strict by Kiddushin, then someone might marry her. And by the fact that you've told her she has to get chalitza, you are saying that the erv, um, it, it was. If, sorry, if you tell her that she has to do chalitza, then you're saying that the erva was not married. Okay, I'm not going to go to that case. I just don't have it clear at the moment. Um, so back to Alka. So just this concept of chumrat kula. The uh, it's, 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 it comes up a lot often, but by an Lechavera. Like if you strict in one area of your religious life, it often encroaches on another person's um, thing, and we see that sadly very often. Um, a person will be strict about what food they prepare to eat or where they prepare to eat, and then they won't go and eat with their family, or they won't go eat with certain friends, and it will lead to a Lashon Hora and Machlokes and insulting people, even if you don't come onto Lashon Hora and Machlokes, insulting people, those are all serious affairs. And another and practical example, by Pesach, if you go too strict with your Pesach cleaning, and you rock up at the Seder exhausted, and you can't fulfill, you can't enjoy the Seder, and you can't go through Magid carefully, and tell over the story, and be in a good mood, then it's a chumrah in your cleaning for Pesach that you're now cancelling, that you're now ruining, you're going lenient in all your mitzvah observant. Again, that, and that's another thing, you've got to be very careful with the Simchas Yomtsev is a mitzvah, probably mitzvah Doraisa, um, according to summary showing him, um, telling over the story on the Seder night and discussing it is a mitzvah Doraisa. So for extra stringencies of working too hard before Pesach, you're going to come and undermine those mitzvahs. That's a problem. Now the issue is if you're too, too stressed about uh, cleaning for Pesach and you get all grumpy and you get upset with your family, there's other. We know the, the value of shalom. You're undermining shalom. You know, if you're going to be grumpy with your wife or, or you know, or uh, you're going to be grumpy with your children or your family, that's uh, undermining shalom, which is a very, very great value. So there we see the danger of chumra da kula, going strict in one area that could lead to a leniency in another area, you have to be very, very careful. Um, it's brought as one of the big reasons why you should, like, everyone thinks, ah, let me just go strict. What's the harm? Let me put in an extra hour's cleaning for Pesach. You know, and then you go to bed late, and then you're tired at the Seder. Those are more serious pro- you What you're gaining from putting in that extra hour of cleaning, you want a chumrah on a chumrah to make sure that your somewhere that the chumrah is never taken is scrubbed clean and uh, vacuumed and washed and uh, covered to miss out on mitzvah doraisa, important mitzvah doraisa, undermine shalom if you grumble with etc. is a serious miscalculation of your values. And that's, the, that's one of the concepts of chumrah da'asi Okay, let's go back to the Gomorrah where we are. 
Um, so, so ba- back to our discussion, it says, Gerushin By Gerushin, do we not teach by the sophic that you do chalitza? Again, remember the whole thing is, when it's a doubt if the woman is actually divorced, whether the erva is actually divorced, okay, let me get the case clear again because I've been mixing it up, when it's a doubt whether the erva is actually divorced, the chazaka tells us that she's married. She's married, and now Misofek, you want to say she's divorced? No, we're going to treat her as married. And now, therefore, we're not going to tell the Tzorah to do Chalitza, because if you tell the Tzorah to do Chalitza, she might come to do Yibo. Because if you say, oh, she must do Chalitza, must be the get was valid, so she might come to do Yibo. So that's the danger. But wait, we know there's a mission where it says that you do Chalitza. It says, Vahatanan, Hoysal Medes, Berushu Saramin, Vazorkar, if they're standing in Rishus Harabim and the man is throwing his get at the wife and it's a, and if it lands closer to her, I her Dalit Amos, she's divorced. If it lands closer to him, then she's not divorced. What happens if it lands in the middle? You're not sure who it landed close to for whatever reason. She's doubtfully divorced. And there the Gemara says, So what's the halachic relevance? What's enough given whether they in doubt with it or the Kohen who are surale? If he's a Kohen, he can't marry her. Remember, Kohen, it's a stringency backbone. Most men, if they divorce their wife, well, then they can remarry her. A Kohen's not allowed to marry a divorcee. So if he divorces a woman, a Kohen divorces his wife, he's not allowed to remarry her. So here, out of Sophic, since it might be a valid get, it might be that she's divorced, he's not allowed to remarry her. The erva, and that's one example, the erva, he, if she's an erva, I, and now the question is, do they fall in Yibum? Tsorosa, boy, chalitza. Her tsara needs chalitza. The law, and she is, but wait. Miss Sophic, you're saying we're treating her at divorce to say that the tsara needs chalitza. That's what we've been saying. Says, Why aren't we saying that we're scared that if you tell the Torah that she must do Chalitza, she might come and do Chalitza? She might come to do Yibam, sorry. Which is again against the Chazok, which is also. So he says, Well, they said regarding that Mishnah from Rabbah and Rav Yosef, we're dealing with two groups of Adim. One set. Two Adim say that it landed closer to her. And two Adim say that it landed closer to him. The Havela is fake Doraisa, which is what we call a Sophic Doraisa. I, how we're learning at the moment, we're left in doubt. Um, Rashi explains the Havela is fake It's one set of Adim. It's one aid telling us it landed closer to him. And one aid telling us that it landed closer to her. And in a Sophic Doraisa, um, in a Sophic Rabbonin, you would follow Chazoka. I, when you left in a doubt, you would follow. That's what we call a Sophic Doraisa. You don't follow Chazoka. When you have a Sophic Rabbonin, then you would follow Chazoka. Why is it a Sophic? When the Rabbi Kiva Avga explains as follows, which I think will give us a beautiful insight, a little more insight into Chazoka and make the sugi make a lot of more sense. He says, what we're saying, a, a Sophic Doraisa, the Torah level, is because we know that if you have two Adim versus two Adim, it cancels out. The Torah actually says, what happens if you have two Adim say one way, and a hundred Adim 
saying the other way. Two Adam said landed closer to her, and two Adam and a hundred Adam said landed closer to him. What do we do in that case? Trake him out. Two Adam is as, as powerful proof as you get. So we treat the two as two, and the hundred are also treated as two. So Rebekah Ega says, ah, oh. so we see you have this extra 98. It doesn't, it's not able to counter the two Adam who argue on them. And so too, so it would be the same thing if you have two Adim versus two Adim and a Chazaka. The Chazaka is not more powerful than 98 Adim. So you have, so on the one side, what's your proofs that they should be divorced is 100 Adim. And, or uh, two Adim and a Chazaka. And on the other side, you have two Adim. We see that it cancels each other out. And therefore, you're left with the Sophic. And that's the case over there where you left. Um, with the proper Sophic, you have to say, do Chalitza. Our Mishnah, which is one aid verse one aid, and the Chazaka, well, one aid and a Chazaka would beat the other aid. You should follow the Chazaka. That's our understanding at the moment. Now, with, so, so therefore, that's the difference. That's why that Mishnah says, do Chalitza, because it's a proper Sophic, so you have to. But our Mishnah is not a real, our Mishnah is only a Sophic to Rabbonin, and therefore you should actually be following the Chazaka. And therefore, if she does Yibum, well, that's going against the Chazaka. That would be an Isukari. What makes you say that our mission is with one set of Adim? What would lead you to think that? No, it's similar to Kiddushin. Just as Kiddushin is with one group, so too with the Gerushin is with one group. So again, the Sophic in the Mishnah, you telling me that when it says the Sophic in the Mishnah by Kiddushin, it must be speaking of a case where the one eight says they're not married and the one eight says they are married. Why can't we say that it's two verse two? Huh? What do you see in the Mishnah that brings out that point? So he says, Because if there were two sets of Adim, we would allow her to do Yibum without any problems as we would follow the Chazaka. And the Chazaka is that she's not married. The Erva is not married. Again, she's a single girl. This man comes and throws a ring at her. We're not sure whether it lands closer to her or closer to him. We're not sure whether they're going to. We're going to say she's not married. The Chazaka is, she remains not married until you can prove otherwise, until you can verify that her status has changed. So therefore, the Koah, it's not really a Koah, can do Yibum. So that's what he says. The Gemara says, Kaima aiding the Kamri Kor of law, the Atom Meritis Yavim, the Emakotlum. He says, Wait, you telling me there are two Aiden standing up and saying that it landed closer to her, the ring landed closer to her. So they are married. And you're going to say, let her do Yibum without uh, anything. How can you just dismiss those Adim? But two, and secondly, because you have, as we say elsewhere, that when you have two witnesses versus two witnesses, they cancel each other out, and then you go after the the uh, the Chazaka. I remember learning, and this will express it in a different way, how we first explained it when you have two Adim versus two Adim and a Chazaka, well, they cancel each other out because the Chazaka is an extra proof. But no, you don't get any proof, the key word here is proof, stronger than two Adim. As soon as two Adim say something, you can't ignore that. So if you have two Adim versus two Adim and, a hundred and another hundred, or two Adim and a Chazaka, it's no more powerful than the two Adim. So the proof cancels out. What we're revising and saying here is that no, it's not, it's not a proof. You have, when you have two Adim versus two Adim, they cancel each other out. You ignore the Adus. We have no way of dealing with that issue, and you're left with a doubt. 
in the case of a doubt, then you follow Chazaka. So what are we saying? At first we understood Chazaka as being a proof, like another witness in the in the what's it in the witness block. Um, but we're saying no, that's not how it works. Chazaka is not another proof. Chazaka is a mechanism we have to resolve a sofek a doubt, and that's very important to remember. Life is full of doubts, and that's why we have all these principles throughout Chas how to deal with those doubts. Chazaka, Rov. Ruba, you know, all these different principles you have, how to deal with doubt. But that's what Chazoka. So when you have a doubt, no matter what creates a doubt, like here it could be two Adim versus two Adim, well the two Adim versus two Adim cancel each other out, and they, oh, now you have a Sophic, that's, that's when you employ Chazoka. Chazoka is not a proof, it's a way to resolve a doubt. So it's Midi, Dahabe, and where do we see this? That Chazoka you follow, when there's two Adim versus two Adim, so Midi, Dahabe, I say Barashatya, this was like the, the issue with the assets of Barashatya. Barashatya was someone who, st- who suffered from a disease that sometimes he was insane and sometimes he was sane. So when he's sane, all his transactions are valid. When he's insane, his transactions are invalid. So what the case is going to be, I'll just say it outside quickly, is Barashatya sold some property. Two Adim came and said it was a, he was sane, so it's a valid sale. And another two Adim came and said, no, he was going through one of his episodes and he was insane, and therefore it's not a valid sale. So what do we do? We have two Adim versus two Adim. They cancel each other out, and you go after the Chazoka. What's, our, what's, our, what's where we, we know that Barashatya definitely owned this land? The doubt, the doubt is, did the sale go through? So we go off the Chazaka and say it's not a sale. So, it's so let's just read this inside. The Barashat he sold property. Two came along and two Adim said that he sold it when he was sane, and two Adim said he sold it when he was insane. Set up the two witnesses, cancel the two witnesses, cancel each other out. And you leave the land in the property of Barshatya. So we're holding in our discussion that if it's one verse one or two verse two, we still follow Chazaka. And therefore, in Gittin, we saw that they make a dua chalitza. Okay, that's where we saw in Meseches, Gittin, that we make a dua chalitza. And we're saying there's no difference whether it's 1 8 verse 1 8, that you'd, a sophic you'd follow chazoka, or whether it's 2 8 verse 2 8, you'd follow chazoka. So there's no reason to distinguish between our Mishnah and the Mishnah in Gittin. And the Mishnah in Gittin, as I said, said you do chalitza, we make the woman do chalitza. We see we're not concerned, we're not concerned that if you tell this woman to do chalitza, she might come and do yibum. There is no such concern, clearly, from the case in Gittin. So Elo Marabai says you have to explain the case differently. He says, Yogit It's the one friend tells about the other. Why? Tanabikidushin. The one clause of the mission. Again, this whole discussion was. Triggered by in our Mishnah by Kiddushin, it mentions the case of when they're standing eight Amos apart and he throws the ring to try and marry her and you're not sure where it's landed. And then by Gittin it brought three other cases and we asked by Gittin why doesn't it bring this case? So Bai says, well the first clause by Kiddushin will tell about Gittin. It says, Kiddushin. What it taught us by Kiddushin, it also applies by Gerushin. And what it applies by Gerushin, it taught also applies to Kiddushin. <laughs> so what's Bai answering? It says, yeah, the Mishnah chose to give one example by Kiddushin and three examples by Gittin. 
but they just they apply equally in other cases. It's not going to bother to list four examples by Kiddushin and four separate examples by Gittin. It just mentions one by Kiddushin, but it's the same thing. It could work. And that's how Bai wants to learn our Mishnah. So Omar Le Robber Robber says to him, Wait, if the Mishnah is saying, um, if it's saying that all cases apply to Kiddushin and all the cases, all the doubtful cases apply by Gerushin, why by Kiddushin does it say, this is a Sofek Kiddushin? It's clearly coming to exclude something. And by Gittin it says, Sofek Gerushin. This is a doubtful divorce. Zehu implies that it's excluding something else. You've just told me a buyer that all four cases applied by Kiddushin and all four cases apply by Gerushin. So Elo of my robber rather says, call she yesh be Kiddushin, yesh be Gerushin. Robert says you have to explain it as follows. All the cases of Sofek that we said by Kiddushin do apply by Gerushin. But some of the cases by Gerushin do not apply by Kiddushin. And this that it says, these are the cases by Gerushin is not specific. Since it taught it by Kiddushin, it's also going to teach it by Gerushin. And what's Robert saying? The, the example by Kiddushin is specific. However, that also applies by Gerushin. So in other words, the Mishnah mentioned one example by Kiddushin and three examples by Gerushin. By Kiddushin there is only the one example. The other three examples don't apply to it. We'll see shortly why. And by Gittin, all four examples apply. So he says, When we said that the Kiddushin is limited to the example of the Mishnah, what is it coming to exclude? Which case specifically are we not happy with, with saying that it applies to Kiddushin? So now, just to remember, there are various ways of performing Kiddushin. Remember, Kiddushin is the first stage of marriage. There's, it can be formed with Keshef, Shtar, or The two we're going to discuss is, Keshef is the standard way we do it. You give the woman something of value, that's we give a ring, that's equivalent. Another way is with the Shtar. Say, with this Shtar I'm married to you, and you hand her the Shtar, and if she accepts it, she's married. Um, so, so what happens if you give a star without a get, without a date on? You give a woman a star that she's married without a date on. So he says, okay. This would exclude the case if you gave a Kiddushin without the, without the date written on it. I, um, the Kiddushin would still be valid. Uh, so by getting, if you would give a woman a get which doesn't have the date on, Apostle, that's a doubtful. You're in trouble. <laughs> Probably Tzubas and Gittin. <laughs> I don't remember, but I think um, I don't remember where it discusses the document. But a Gittin has to have a get, um, a date. Gittin has to have a date, and Kiddushin does not have a have to have a date. So it says, Kiddushin. Why does it not teach Zman by Kiddushin? Why did they not institute? Grant Chazal came along and instituted you have to have a date on a get. Why did they not institute that you have to have a date on a Kiddushin? So we're going to say it's actually a machlokes elsewhere. Let me see if it's this. Um, I think it's in Gittin, but it could be a few places. Gittin or Yah or Kuzu. Um, but we're going to have a, we have a machlokes elsewhere. Um, Rabbi Yochanan and. Okay. Where? Yeah, okay. We have a Machloi case elsewhere, Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Why did they institute to put a date on a get? If we can know why they instituted to put a date on the get, then we can work out does it apply by Kiddushin or not. 
So that's us. So again, we wanted to know why did Chazal institute a, gate, a, a date on the get and not on Kedushin? Well, let's first see what the reason. So we start with Reish Lakish. It says, um, Reish Lakish's concern is because of the produce. I, why do you need a date on the get? Because remember, while they are married, any property that's new, same look, that means the wife retains ownership. But as long as they're married, the husband has rights of usage. He's allowed to, let's say, she brings in a field. He's the one who gets to harvest it and take the produce. So what happens if he decides to divorce her? Contrary to Lockish, that's when he's not allowed to get benefit from her property anymore. So, but while they're finalizing things, he's been harvesting the field. So you need the data on the get to tell, to tell us when she can get her produce back. Anything he harvested after the date on the get she'll be able to claim in court back from him because once he wrote the get, even if he hasn't yet given it to her, he's not allowed to take her produce. If there's no date on the get, well, how's she going to prove? She's going to come to court and say, well, we got divorced. Uh, he wrote the get six months ago and therefore all the harvest subsequently she got to me. I say, look, there's no date on the get. There's no proof. So that's why Rish Lakish says. And therefore, Asura law, Peri, um, a woman who's just done Kiddushin doesn't have the produce. When does the husband get rights to the produce in her field? From when they properly marry, not from the Kiddushin the first day they're married. So Sofek, a Kiddushin without the date on, doesn't have this financial ramification. So that's why you don't have to put a date on the Kiddushin. Now we go on to Rabbi Yofran, which is going to be a little more tricky. It says, But according to Rabbi Yofran, he says the concern is because his um, sister's daughter he should put a date on. What's the case of his sister's daughter? Quite an interesting one. It says, generally, you know, if a man, um, and why did Chazal Institute that you put a date on the get? Because generally, it's, generally if a man's wife commits adultery, he'll be quite upset and let her suffer the ramifications. And you know, if based it, and they aid him and based it, and they're going to put her to death, generally he'll let it happen. But what happens if he's married to his niece? As, and we've actually seen also, it's encouraged to marry to your niece, it's helpful, it's kind. So, from the aspect of his wife who committed adultery is more than he's not too impressed. But it's his niece. So he doesn't want her to be put to death for adultery. So what do they do? Witnesses are going to come and testify that she committed adultery on the 15th, on the, in the middle of January. And he's going to write a get and she'll just produce the get and say, look, I've got a get, I was divorced, I didn't commit adultery, I was divorced before. If there's a date on the get, well then she could never get away with that. Because then you just look at the date on the get and see when all the aid in testifying that she committed adultery. Was it before or after that? So out of to save, to well to protect from this concern that he might save his uh, his niece, we say that you have to put a date on the get. Says that um, does that apply by kiddushin? says, We should put the date. Because again, the same thing could occur. Let's say very early on, in the, she, she commits adultery, and Aiden come along and they want to say that she committed adultery after the Kiddushin. So just look at the date on the Kiddushin. We should put a date by Kiddushin. So again, according to Rabbi Reish Lokish, we had no issue. The reason was to protect the wife from losing out on the husband harvesting from her property. But here where it's to save where it's to stop the husband protecting his niece, 
Well, then it applies by Kiddushin as much as it does by Kiddushin, because at the beginning of their marriage, you could have the same problem. She committed adultery. Adam come and one who say that she committed adultery and put her to death. And the husband quickly writes a get for his niece, and she produces the get and says, look, I was divorced. But if there's a date on the get, then she can't do that. So you should have a date on the get. So he says, no. He says, no. Since there are people who get married with money, and then people who get married with a star, they didn't bother to put a star, a date, to institute that you put a date on the star. I, people get married with a ring. So those weddings, there's no proof of the date. So there's no point in putting the proof of the date on the star. But wait, regarding buying a slave, <coughs> but regarding buying a slave, there are those who sometimes buy slaves by giving a star, and there are those who buy a slave by giving money. Both are valid ways of buying a slave. And they instituted that you have to put a date on. So the Gemara answers, no. By a case of buying a slave, most slaves are acquired through a document. And therefore it's worthwhile putting this man on the document, because then you know who the slave belonged to, whose property it is, etc., whether the sale he did is valid. Other reasons why you need to know whether he was a slave or a free man. But here, by a wedding, most weddings are done with Kesef. Not so many are done with the Shtar. E voice Amal. Another reason why they... So, so that's uh, why Rabbi Yochanan says, by Kiddushin they didn't set a date, that they didn't institute that you have to put a date on Kiddushin, because most Kiddushins are done with a ring anyway. Eboys, another reason why they wouldn't institute a date on Kiddushin according to Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum It's It's an impossible situation. It's not going to help to put a date on. Why? Hey, it. What are you going to do with this document which has a date on it? Lin let her keep it. She will destroy it or take out the date. Because she committed adultery, she wants to save herself. If you make him keep this document of Kiddushin with a date on, sometimes it will turn out as the case that it's his, it's his niece and he'll want to protect her. So you'll also get rid of the document. So neither of them keeping the document is going to save this problem of she might commit adultery and then try to say, well, I, was, I wasn't married yet. Because whoever's keeping it might cover that up. So, let the Aedim who testify to the Kiddushin keep it. He says, If they remember the date of the wedding, they says, Oh, I was an aid at your wedding and I remember the date. Well, then let them come before, te- before Aedim and say, before Bezdin and say that. They don't need a start to do that. They just have to say, We saw and we remember the date. And that's valid. So, for you, law. What happens if they don't remember the date? Well, then it doesn't help because why? If not, then sometimes they will see, they will read, they won't remember the date. They'll read the date on the document and they will testify based on what they read, and that's invalid testimony because the Adim have to say their testimony as opposed to read their testimony. So that's so it actually doesn't help to have uh, to have it. But then Wamba get does it help to have the date on it? Again, if you leave it by him, he'll change the he'll cover it up. If you leave it by her, she'll cover it up because they don't want her to be put to death. If you leave it with the Adim, it also doesn't help because either they remember the date or they don't remember it. 
So Bakidushin, well, why can't you say the same thing by the get? She says, no, there, it's to save her. I, what the, the get with the date would um, um, it's to save her, it's to say when they are des- des- um, when they are divorced. And here it's just coming to obligate her. She needs a get to collect her property, to collect her land, to save from all these things. If it's a sophic, whether they're divorced because the documents, the get has gone missing, or it's been uh, defaced, the date has been, you can see there's been tampering on the document, they're going to say, she says, if she's married. Because that's a chazaka, that she's been married all the time. The question is, when did the get, or is it a good get? So she will treat her as married, and therefore, um, it, it does help by a get, because there's no point in tampering with it. Um, it won't help her. Um, just, yeah, just a one quick thing, just on this kosvumi p kosvom, just because it's coming up to Spirit of It's a question. We know the Adam have to say things, and what about in general? Do we view writing as saying? Like we know there's a mitzvah to count Spirit of If you write the Spirit of does it count? Let's say you're writing a letter to someone. You're like, oh, I need to count Spirit of Let me just write the today is the sixth day of the that actually might be Pesach. Today is the eleventh day of the, the Omer. One week and six days. Something. So, does that count? So, Rabbi Kiva has a tshuva with his uncle. It's an interesting scenario how they came to that because it seems that his uncle couldn't make his wedding. So, his uncle made a parallel wedding while Rabbi Kiva was having his wedding to celebrate Rabbi Kiva wedding. So, clearly was the thing. And he said that we're discussing the salocha. So, one of the proofs, I'm not going to go through the whole discussion now, but one of the proofs that he wants to bring, he says, here, by Edus, it specifies that it has to be verbal and can't be written. Implying that in other cases it can be written. It's specific because otherwise, if every time it said do some, say something, it means literally say it. Well, then by edus, when it says testify, it would mean literally by saying it. So by the fact that it has to emphasize by edus that you have to say it, okay, that's uh, that's one of the supports, one of the things he brings in that discussion of counting spirits on a baratim.